Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The producers of this podcast recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. Welcome to Mean Ages. I am Madeline West and I am joined by the fabulous. Fabulous this week, Angela, Angela Murray. Murray. See, I'm, just, I'm upping the bar. My descriptors are going to get more extravagant every week. I feel like she's just started making them up, but I'm down with that. We have got a question today that. Oh, I think every parent of teens is dreading this moment. We all know it's going to come, but it's not something we talk about very often. It's quite a taboo subject and it can have terrifying consequences. So let's take a listen. Look, I'm trying to be an understanding mum, but my daughter's been to two parties recently where I've been called to pick her up because she's been falling down drunk. And I'm trying to be understanding, but I do worry about that one time when no one calls me to pick her up. Should I ban her from partying altogether? Oh, Angela, haven't we all been there as parents of teens? Or don't we all know it's coming? First of all, where do, in your clinical practice, where do they, what is the age that most kids or parents of kids report to you that their teen is experiencing alcohol and it's not going well. Okay, so when I hear that kids are experiencing alcohol, very rare is their first experience well. You know, generally if they're coming to me and it's about alcohol, it's because it's not going well. Well, that's what's terrifying. And look, they're going to experience it. So is education key, like you just said, to be the parent who explains how it should be done? Well, the sooner we can start talking about alcohol, the better. Maybe not in them. Okay. In the teenage realms. Let's really clarify that. And should talking about alcohol involve that old adage that, well, I'll give them a sip with dinner when they're a child to remove the stigma, remove the taboo so they don't think it's something they have to do. Does that work? No. Right. Okay. (laughs) Theoretically, it sounds great. Theoretically, oh, I'll just really normalise it. Yeah, just have a little sip. It's not a problem. But the fact of the matter is this, if we bring forward the beginning date of the sip, generally what the research shows is we bring forward the beginning date of the first standard drink. We bring forward the beginning date of thinking it's normal to take alcohol to parties and drink lots of it. 
we sort of bring forward the trajectory quite a lot sooner. And there is such a risk with that. And I think we do need to talk to each other, to other parents of our kids' friends and our friends generally they are, I guess, as well. If they are, it's really helpful because it makes the conversations easier. But it's worth talking about the risks of alcohol use and how we keep ourselves safe around it. Because a lot of the times when I talk to kids about alcohol use is they think that their parents don't want them to drink because they just want to control them and don't want them to do anything stupid. Ah. There isn't any depth of understanding. About what the consequences are. None. Well, so can you give us an What are the consequences from a medical perspective for a kid who is drinking under 15 or just over 15? What are the actual consequences? Well, the greatest risks of alcohol are brain development. Right. Would be the number one. If you're under 15, the brain developing in a teenager is making such rapid growth. It's some of the key developmental areas. Beyond are, just hormonal, adrenal, all of those things that we know are associated with puberty, there's a lot going on up there. Oh, yeah, we're growing a lot of new neural passageways. We're culling ones we don't use. We're building whole regions of the brain. We're creating the white matter. And so the areas that are impacted earlier than 15 years old is it impacts the regions of the brain specifically that impact on addictive behaviours, on motivation, on learning and memory, impulse control and risk-taking. They're really just the areas we don't want to mess with and even with the areas of social interaction and understanding others' behaviours. And these damage, like if we do the damage now, our brain doesn't just re-go through this process later. Like this is really lifelong damage that they so can, can do. it can be lifelong damage because alcohol is a neurotoxin, i.e. a brain toxin. A brain toxin. And so for those teens, when they're most apt to overdo it with the alcohol, the consequences can be catastrophic and they can be lifelong. And as an adult, to understand that we drink it, our brains aren't growing those areas. They've grown those areas. We can handle alcohol a lot better in our brain region and we will do less damage because it's less toxic to our brains at the age we are now. Not to say to binge drink or anything like that because it's still unhealthy for us but nothing like it is for an early teen. So, of course, there's an obvious answer in there about modelling drinking behaviour and when it's socially appropriate and how much to have but it's difficult to have that conversation with teens about the consequences of alcohol when their only concern is the social consequences, that if they're the one kid that doesn't drink, they're seen as a stiff, they're not going to get invited to the party, they won't be cool. How do we protect our teens who we know are going to feel compelled to put themselves in this situation? Is having the parties at your house so that you can, from some perspective, have an overview of what's appropriate and what isn't. Is that, is that an option? You can't have every party that a teenager is going to want to attend or go to at your house, or you'll have a party pretty much once a month, and you're going to get sick of it, and the teen's going to And they're still you. going to do what they're going to do because I've experienced that myself, and thankfully my child fell asleep very early. 
And I then had to deal with a household of teens who had brought substances in the house that I, I had never agreed to. But once they were under the influence, it was very hard to control their behaviour, control what they were going to do. And I did wish in that moment, and one thing I would suggest, I did wish I'd had a frank discussion with the parents of every teen who was coming, which might be uncomfortable for the teen in the moment, but also meant that the parents had some control over what they felt was appropriate for their teen to do. I now make a point of communicating with every parent in the social group, having their numbers on board. So if there's an issue, I can call them. Yeah, that last bit, who is picking up the child if need be? That's a really important point. We need to know that. What is the number I'm calling? How is each child getting home safely? And in that same connection, how do you communicate with your teen that you will be there for them? Because we all know from experience that often it can be peer group, which pushes a teen beyond, okay, I've had a few drinks, I'm tipsy, I'm having a good time to, I've got to keep drinking to the point of being basically catatonic. And often in those moments... They might not want to go there, but when there is peer pressure egging them on and everyone else is doing it, teens want to assimilate. It's their natural set point. How do we communicate or give them tools to ensure they can extract themselves from that situation safely? The most protective factor that I've experienced both in clinical work and as well as in the research is knowing where your teen is and who they are with and how they are getting home. If you know those three things, You are really doing a great job in order to keep yourself safe. And to the mum, the one who called in, the fact that you were the person who picked up your child totally catatonic means that your child is so much safer and has a trusting relationship with you. If she trusted that you could pick her up in that state and that was okay, and not only once but twice, it means you didn't screw up the first pickup. You nailed it. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, because you got called again and you were trusted to pick them up again. And the more they trust us to pick them up safely if they need it, the better. Obviously, if they're too young and they're breaking a boundary and you'd said no alcohol and they went, that is a whole different pathway. So there has to be consequences. We need to show them that our boundaries are something real. Because at the end of the day, if we don't honour our boundaries, they're merely suggestions. Yeah, and why would they? And why would they do it? Yeah. They're socially motivated. To increase the likelihood that they will adhere to safe boundaries is to keep them realistic. So before 15, no alcohol. If you can really try and aim for that, because the safest amount of alcohol for a teen is no alcohol. Needless to say, they will experiment, but if we can push back their start date as long as possible, that's going to be the safest thing that we can do for them in their alcohol journey. Yeah. So I know I'm trying to foster with my teens a sense that when you get yourself in a sticky situation, rather than fearing my reaction and running away from me, I want you to run towards me because that's what I'm here for, that your well-being is my number one priority. You're going to do it. These kinds of situations are a rite of passage. So how do we encourage our kids to run towards us? So in the aftermath, they've done what they're going to do anyway. So your reaction, yes, there will be consequences. But I imagine look, screaming at them and giving them a heinous punishment is never going to solve it. It just means that they won't come to you next time there's an issue. No, at the end of the day is you regulate first. You get yourself in a position where before you start this conversation or even during this conversation, 
If you feel your level of frustration or anger or confusing rising beyond your capacity to put it aside and respond to your child instead of react, get up, go for a walk until you feel your body back within your realm of control and then go back to the conversation because it's these sort of times where we really show our child what it is to self-regulate, what it is to be self-responsible and respectful. If we shame them in that moment and if we make the attack about their person, not only do we destabilize their self-worth and their self-concept, which is more likely to create more drinking, because they're less confident in themselves, we also will rupture our connection. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Is there any value in communicating with your with, for, for this lovely young girl who's um, had a couple of unfortunate experiences at parties to communicate with the parents of her friends or even with her friends because the reality is if this has happened twice and this young girl's friends are then obliged to be the ones holding her hair, yes, that's what friendship is about, but is it a sneaky avenue to point out to your child that if you keep up with this kind of behaviour, your friends are not going to want to hang out with you because no one wants to be the person who has to take care of the drunk buddy at the party when it's happened a couple of times. It is about giving your child strategies to lessen the pressure of them to become involved in those behaviours. And so some of it can be having a safe friend where they pretend they're drinking and they have a little pack together or talking to a friend about how do we stay safe, how do we check in on each other and let us let each other know when we're too intoxicated or that we're worried about each other. Oh, I love that. You it's know, having a like safe a person. Marco, bolo, yeah. the of the party. I like that. So that helps with the, the sense of feeling alone and unsafe or moving towards unsafe people because you haven't got your safe person. But then having your mum as a person, you can call at any time. And I know my mum eventually became that person that I could call from anywhere. And I know that the father of my kids' parents were the same. And even when we went to stay with his parents for the first time when we were like 25, he went out with his buddies and his dad still got up at 3 a.m. and went and picked him up and drove him all the way home, even though it was an hour round trip. And I was just like, this, this is parenting. And that's how you show your child love. It's like once it becomes okay, once they're over 15 or over 16, they start going to these parties where you know they're going to try alcohol. It is being the parent that says, I will pick you up. And it's really important at these parties like to find out some information. Talk to the parent of who's hosting yes. the party. Find out how many kids will be there, what's their expectation or beliefs around supervision and alcohol rules. And find and out if it's times. okay for you. And well, you make those. Yeah. Yeah. Always organize a drop off and a pickup time. Yeah. A way to bring that pickup time forward if needed. Well, I've, I've decided now I'm going to communicate to the host 
I'm collecting my child at this time and it's a non-negotiable. And if I have a party, I'm calling all those parents and saying, your children are being collected at this time. Pre-book the Uber a week ahead if you need to, just so we don't get into a situation where there are kids who are left vulnerable. Well, yeah, the three top dangers to our teens is driving, drugs and alcohol and sex. And so once our kids are in that vulnerable state, they are more likely when they get a bit older to get behind the wheel intoxicated. They're more likely to get behind the wheel with someone they don't know. Yes. And that's something that I fear too, that it's one thing to know that your child is a safe driver and a responsible driver, but it's who they're getting into a car with. And drinking alcohol totally reduces your capacity to make decisions. Yeah. You no longer can make decisions about risk and outcome. And so for the teens, if they don't have a plan in place and they think they can make a plan on the go, they can't. And that's, I'm going to bring up an example there. Now, I certainly wasn't a teenager, but I was at a Logie's and I was very young, but did what I'm sure a lot of young girls will do, getting ready for a party. I was in a very tight dress, so I didn't eat all day. Oh, and yeah, then that's was a good given one. some champagne at the hairdressers and another champagne in the car and was not ready for it. And really was not in a good state. But thankfully, I had a cast member at the party with me who just buddied up with me. Yeah, it's really important. And the other thing you just mentioned about food, teach your teens about alternating alcohol with water. They can still drink with their peers and look like they're drinking if they're alternating with non-alcoholic beverages. Yes. And teach them to eat, not to drink on an empty stomach, because as Madeline experienced... It rarely goes well. Yes. And so is that, a, is that that's a worthwhile tip for a parent who is sending their kids to a party or hosting a party to ensure that there is food and water available. Let's do some carb loading. Let's put a loaf of bread on the table and a bag of cheesels Absolutely. and a couple of litres of water. It's really, it's a great point. And before they go, make sure they've had a dinner. Yeah, make sure, like insist, absolutely insist on that, that you eat something before you leave the house. Yes, because it is very uncomfortable. And then talk to them about hangovers, talk to them about throwing up. You can even point out that social media will be used at this party. Yeah, and you really don't want to be the person collapsed in the corner with an interesting stain down their frock that is not a fabric pattern. No, it is not. (laughs) But coming back to that, that leads into that friend thing you were saying before. And at no point when we talk about alcohol and our peers, do we ever try and rupture their sense of safety in their social network? What we can say instead of saying um, no one will want to take you to the party if you keep vomiting like a crazy person is your friends have needs at the party too. Maybe you could be their safe friend at some parties because it sounds like there's alcohol and you can take a different responsible role sometimes so everyone's sort of getting that chance to feel safe while getting a little bit loose and sort of just suggest it in different ways. And surely that's a good practice to even take into adulthood that at some point – You need to be responsible for your friends. Yeah, and really understanding that that shows that the parent is respecting the child's capacity to be a responsible friend to their friend and then they get the feeling of being that and it feels good. Like I know I've been that responsible friend and as much as it feels fun to be the friend that's a bit trashy and being looked after, it also feels really fun to be the friend who's doing the looking after. We'll be back next week with more Meanagers, but you can keep the conversation going by joining us on Instagram. We're Meanagers Podcast. You'll find a link in the show notes and in our bio to help you leave a voice message about your Meanager troubles so you can be part of the show.
This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.